Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and it is so windy, so rainy, so stormy, so cold outside in Bondi today that I've decided to do this podcast indoors. It's the afternoon podcast, and it's here with your hero. Okay, so today... um, it's an interesting viewpoint, this one today, and uh, something for you maybe to digest slowly. So I'm not asking you to uh, absorb this straight away. I want you to contemplate it. Okay, so here it goes. We give people permission to be angry at us. Hmm. We give people permission to be rude to us. We give people permission to reject us. We give people permission to be negative, to give people permission to have opinions about us. Now, if uh, the person across the other side of the street looks at you and goes, I don't like you, typically if you don't know that person and you therefore didn't give them permission to like you or not like you, you can easily handle... Um, their perspective because not because of their perspective because their perspective is they don't like you but because you didn't give that person permission because uh, you don't know them but the more you get to know a person and let's just call it that for the time being it's not need anything from them it's not want anything from them the more you get to know a person it seems that the more we give that person person permission to have an opinion. Now, let's say that person uh, says some comment about us or criticizes us or, or is angry at us or uh, rejects us or has some position. It's not because that they are a powerful person. It's because we've given them permission to have that opinion. The worst examples of this are spousal, where uh, people get so boundaryless or so lack of their true sense of uh, uh, self that they start to create a sense of self that, in, that involves the opinions and the uh, judgments and the criticisms of a second person. That means they've given that person permission to have an opinion. Now, by giving them permission, we empower them. By the time we empower them for a little while, it basically is an enabling concept because we're basically saying, I want you to have opinion. I want you to, even though I don't like them, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm giving you permission to have them because I'm going to bite or fight back, or, or accept them, or reject them, I'm going to deal with your opinion. So therefore, we've given permission to that person to have an opinion. But more importantly, we've enabled that person to have judgments and negative aspects, and therefore learn how to project negativity both on another person and themselves. So there's a sort of responsibility that befalls us when somebody is angry at us to withdraw permission for their anger and allow them 
to have to weigh up the consequences of their anger on us. So if somebody was, for example, angry at me, and I picked that up in their text or in their uh, conversation or anything, I would stop it and say, do you know you're angry? Basically, what I'm doing is handing them back their opinion. I'm saying, you are angry. Uh, and quite often, they don't even know they're angry, but they're happy to project it or say it or give a negative comment. So, for example, um, uh, someone might say, uh, you didn't wash your car. And you go, okay, so that is your view and, 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 and if you think that they might be projecting that in a negative way, you get a choice. One, you don't give them permission to have an opinion about your car. In other words, they're like a person across the street. Well, who gives a care what they think? The second part of it, when they say that, is to flip it into a, into a positive comment. You go, yeah, it just shows how amazingly busy and how beautiful my car looks when it's not washed. So we have the ability to perceive everything that we hear in a positive way. So this morning I was at a shop uh, having a coffee with a friend and we were sitting there and her dog was there and, and uh, some people walked up and their dog, a beautiful animal, just started drinking water out of the dog bowl. It didn't just take a sip or a lick it drank the whole litre that was in the dog bowl. And the person I was sitting with said to these two people, my goodness, don't you ever give your dog anything to drink? Ha ha. Now, if these people had given her permission to judge them, they would have, could have said, how dare you imply that we don't uh, care for our dog. But instead, they both, both the people who didn't know the person I was sitting with, or me, turned and laughed and said, yeah, our dog is the most hilarious thing. It drinks so much liquid and pees all the way home. So our dog drinks a huge amount of liquid because it's like a reservoir for a molecular piss stops all the way home. And they thought it was the funniest thing ever. So what could have been perceived as a negative, they perceived as a positive. In other words, they didn't give the person I was sitting with permission to have a negative opinion about their behavior and their dog. Now, it's a very trivial example, I know it is, and I understand you might think, well, that's got nothing to do with me, but when somebody's, uh, for example, telling you what's wrong with their life, they're trying to transfer their sadness across to you to make themselves feel better. And the question might be, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to take on board someone's shit? Now, it's my profession sometimes to help people through anguish and disappointment and sadness. And in that case, I'm a, I'm a pro at dealing with other people's um, energy. And so that is my mastery. I can convert people's energy from sadness, for example, into love, or from uh, depression into um, joy. I, I can convert that for myself. So I, it's not a problem for me to experience transference because I've given that person permission to let that happen. And that's a good thing. But I doubt there are many people in the world, uh, let alone the, the, in the audience that might be listening to this podcast, that will have 
the experience and the and given enough time to learning how to trans transmit or translate somebody's negativity into their own energy uh, without experiencing the sadness that or the depression or the negativity the other person's got or the anger so when I was working in Canada with the uh, Mi'kmaq nation of uh, uh, First Nation people in Canada, I used to teach them uh, uh, a visualization exercise that I'm going to share with you right now because it's really interesting when you do it to think about. And today is, as I said, I want you to contemplate uh, um, um, this, these concepts. Imagine if you could, if, if, you can, if you're not driving the car, imagine if you could um, a garden so out, the f out the front of you. And let's say you're at the front door on the doorstep of your own beautiful garden. There it is out in front of you. And it goes out to the left and out to the right. But let's just be interested for the time being in the, the, uh, the, the, the 90-degree... Uh, spread of the garden in front of you and in your garden you have a beautiful tree you have a, uh, maybe some daffodils you have a rose bush maybe you've even got a pond with some fish in it maybe there's grass or maybe cobblestones or maybe it's just um, natural earth with gum leaves and, and or, uh, earth or sand or whatever you love and so imagine this beautiful garden all colors and flavors now imagine somebody coming in the gate, because it's a fenced garden, coming in the gate and, and not understanding where to walk and not recognising that the little yellow flowers are the ones you planted or the beautiful uh, uh, green ones are actually peas growing f for dinner. And they just walk in the gate and they trample across your garden to your front gate with open arms to greet you. So this is the concept of, an, of a partner, of a relationship where we've given permission to somebody to be rude, negative, make us feel guilty. We've given permission to someone uh, to be angry at us, to be sad because of us, to reflect on, to criticize us. We give permission to someone basically saying to them, it's an open gate, you can come inside. That is a very violent process or very violent uh, way to treat yourself. If you look at this garden, the secret to it is, is to have people at the fence looking in and for you to preserve this beautiful and grow and cultivate this beautiful environment, this arena around you. It's called an aura, by the way. This beautiful environment around you, but you just don't let anybody, not even the person who is your significant other, or your kids to cross the fence. This is called, another word for this is called self-respect. And when I've worked with people who have been, who are in relationships that aren't working or who, have, who perceive that their partner isn't perfect or uh, are angry with what's going on or have an addiction problem or something like that, it's always because they left the gate open. And they've perceived that a relationship, a healthy relationship, is allowing and giving permission to somebody else to trample that garden to bits 
Then that person who got their garden trampled comes to me to re-establish, and, and I, I do some tree pruning and, and help them re-put the garden just in time to go home that night and have the same person swing the gate open and trample it all again because they just don't know how to close the gate. So closing the gate is an act of love because what it does, it says, I love myself enough, I have self-respect and my garden is beautiful. Therefore, I'm not going to allow any human being, not one, to cross the gate. I'm going to allow as many people as I can to stand at the fence. So in other words, I'm going to expand this garden out, uh, my individual individuality and my sense of self out as far as I can. So more people can, more surface area, more bigger, bigger fence, more people can stand there. And yes, there are a couple of people, maybe your significant other and your kids, that stand close to the gate, but they're not allowed in. They're not allowed in. It's a sacred garden. And this garden, which is self-worth, self-respect, and all the things we talk about, is it takes time to cultivate and build and create. And then, for some unknown reason, in a marriage ceremony or in some sexual connection with someone, we, we throw the gate open and say, come on in, trample away. Um, and we perceive that they might know where we've put the path, but they're blind. Because the only garden they understand and the only garden they know is theirs. And therefore they think your garden and their garden is the same one. This is really unhealthy and it leads to, leads to incredible domestic upset. It leads to lots of arguments and fights that are not necessary. And it all stems from the concept that two souls, two independent human beings can become one. And we surrender our, our self-respect and self-worth and give some other person in the world permission to cross that boundary and be negative or criticise or dump their dirty laundry on us. Or, and then we even can start walking into their garden and take responsibility for doing their gardening. So I really think this is a nice concept on a rainy, uh, stormy Saturday afternoon in Sydney. It's a great concept to just sit down and think for yourself. Are you giving permission to people to walk and trample your garden and then spending the rest of the time trying to manicure it again, but you leave the gate open and that person has been enabled, enabled to walk through the gate without even asking? This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye.